By the time you're listening to this episode, Brian and I will just be steps away from being fully immersed in our new lives. Married life for me and fatherhood part two for Brian. Clearly, there's been an intense amount of anticipation for these major life events. So what's anticipation mean to you? Maintaining a work-life balance keeps getting harder, but it doesn't have to. This is The Big Balance, a podcast for anyone struggling to stay ahead or even just keep up with work, life, and everything in between. Join us each week for practical advice you can actually apply to get a little sanity back in your day. So since we're recording this right before life starts all over for me, and you'll be fully in the midst of it, Brian, for you, uh, probably be a little speculative. And if you're comfortable with it, I thought we could share a little bit about our personal lives and talk about these big changes. You down with that, Brian? Sure. So it should be a fun exercise because everybody loves talking about themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we started a podcast to talk and we're talking. So, yeah, why not? Well, I guess without further ado. Anticipation, in my summation, roughly defines as anxiety or pleasure stemming from awaiting an upcoming event. The resulting disappointment, relief, or joy is all based on the emotions you felt leading up to that event. I think I can speak for both the hosts of this pod when I say... It's certainly an intense emotion, and we're in the midst of experiencing it. So step into our office, lean back on that leather chaise, and let's talk about our feelings. So we've been building up my wedding on this show for some time, and now that it's finally here, I honestly don't know what to do with myself. Brian, Are you at that teased? point where you're freaking out yet? Oh, yeah. No, we're going to talk about that. But have we mentioned baby number two on the way for you on the pod before? I think we maybe have. I don't know if we have. I, I know for a fact I did not tell a number of people I work with, and I didn't even realize that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I had said, hey, I'm going to be taking a week off. We're inducing uh, a week earlier than we anticipated. And the response was, um, what? <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, a lot of people found out at my job that I'm having a second kid somewhat recently, so. <laughs> so why not tell the world on a podcast? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, having baby number two, I have a three-year-old daughter who I know I've talked about before, uh, and baby number two on the way tomorrow, so this is, what day is it, actually, even? Today's it Thursday. Is, yeah, so. it's, it's the 28th, having a baby, hopefully on the 29th, maybe 30th. You never know how the... That's the one thing about Hollywood. You see, like, in movies, the wife goes into labor, and, like, three hours later, they have a baby. It's like, no. At least not when you're inducing. It doesn't work that way. It took us hours, hours and hours. It was, like, day two and a half by the time the baby came the first time. Yeah, no, it's it's usually not a, a wham bam thank you ma'am type ordeal. So uh, yeah, do you have your like sleeper bag and all your your supplies ready to go? Because you, you might be spending a couple days there, right? 
I do need to have a bag put together. I do not have a bag put together yet, <laughs> and that's actually going to tie really nicely in with today's conversation in uh, in about 15, 20 minutes. Well, back to your original question. A- am I starting to get worried? Am I in that, uh, you know, the OS phase? Yeah, no, I am. The I am totally feeling like, OS, do I have everything ready to go? I may have just S my pants. Um, <laughs> Don't lock but, your knees up there, man. Don't lock the knees. That, that's what everybody says. But I think we've done a pretty good job. We just had our most recent scare to where it was like, do we have enough favors for everyone? We've invited more people since we ordered the, the, the favors. Do we have enough? Uh, I'm oh, sure Lord. We'll be fine. But outside of that, I think we've checked everything off the list for the most part, uh, dotted the T's and crossed the I's, <laughs> made payments, final decisions. And now that the big day's here, what the hell do I do, Brian? I'm, it's it's I'm go nervous. time. It's, it's pr- preparation. Preparation feels safe. Preparation is doing things in your own speed, methodically and mechanically. Day of is is the big performance. It's a very different feeling. Yeah, you. It's a false sense of security prepping because you feel like you have everything handled, and then day of, nah. It's gonna be uh, intense. Is what I'm in, expecting for that day. So, yeah, wish me luck. But I don't think this is gonna win me a lot of fans. But. I'll be honest, I think I'm more nervous about work than I am the wedding. Oh, boo, <laughs> um, boo. Yeah, well, we, wrong we show. For that, yeah, right. Well, we preach for that separation of work in our personal lives and finding that right balance. And here I am about to say the biggest yes in my life, and I'm worrying about work. So do you have any fears about anything that's going to happen while you're out, Brian? No, because I've because spent why the last you, co- right? <laughs> <laughs> I spent the last couple of weeks telling everybody, "Hey, I'm going to be out." And I know what was it like three or four episodes ago when we did the uh, the skits, the John taking time off skits. Uh, we practiced not giving a reason for it because we don't have to justify it. But I very much gave the reason. I'm going to be out for a week caring for a newborn and my wife who is recovering from childbirth. And if you have things you need from me, you can go ahead and suck it because somebody else is going to have to help you with it. So I, 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 that's a good point because I've been telling anybody who will listen why I'm taking uh, you know, two plus weeks off. Uh, just so it's like, hey, I'm not like just doing this just for the hell of it to take a nice long vacation. This is a once in a lifetime experience for me. And I, and I think the same for you. It's not necessarily once in a lifetime, but it's only once that each child is born if you decide to have more than one. It's not like you're catching a second birth of the same child. It depends on your religion. Born again. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But I think I have to keep reminding myself about work that it's going to be there when I get back. And I think there is a part of me that's worried about someone else running the account, like touching my work. I, I, I guess I think of it as like digging into my messes. And I don't really have anything to hide, but... Part of me does feel like I have something to hide. It's so weird because there's nothing that I'm working on that A, can't be ran by somebody else, B, isn't already on a tracker that we all have eyes on anyway, and C, it's so time sensitive that it needs to be signed today. So I think uh, I think I'll be fine. And as a consultant, I probably shouldn't say this, but they functioned for decades, however long, without my influence. I'm sure they can handle two weeks without me. Yeah. 
What are you most looking forward to about baby number two, Brian? And what are you most worried about? I mean, I guess it's the same thing I'm looking forward to and am most worried about uh, basically repeating the last three years with my daughter over again with a second kid. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of sleepless nights for the first three or so months. Uh, but actually kind of along the lines of what you're talking about with work and what's going to go on kind of behind the scenes while you're not there. Uh, I think part of the issue with I don't have anything to hide, but there's a difference to me between institutionalized knowledge and what I'm going to call lore, right? Where the people I'm working with know the process, they know the job, right? They can fulfill the role, but the intricacies of the projects I'm working on, they're not necessarily familiar with. So it's, oh, why did you go off uh, standard operating procedure for this, this, and this? Well, it's because this client is different in these specific ways that I know because I work with them every day and other people don't. So when it comes to the whole don't touch my stuff thing, that's a big part of it for me. So that's what I'm kind of worried that's, about. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it's, I think that's what I mean when I say digging into my messes. Because more often than not, I, I shouldn't say more often than not, but every once in a while you see the process and you're like, Meh, you know, I'm, I'm going to circumvent uh, this part of it. Or I don't need to do this particular thing because the client does X, Y, or Z. I actually had a similar conversation today. Uh, just around that to where it was well they've accepted this in the past and for the sake of time let's just use this because we need to get this done there you go that's it sorry that's why i went off book there got no other reason for you <laughs> yeah but i think ultimately though what you know we're excited about things we're nervous about things but i think that's what it is it's that that excitement and that anxiety it's that build up the the want the i can't wait and from an emotional like vantage point, from an emotional perspective, this is what they call a pleasure emotion. And when I say they, I just mean that it's we enjoy the anticipation. We're looking forward to something. So each day that we get a little bit closer to the big day, the anticipation gets a little bit worse. Hours feel like days and days feels like weeks. And there's probably some whole science behind why it is that way, but... I think it's easier said than done. The best advice I can give anyone is to keep yourself busy because the hardest time for me is like that build up, that that anticipation to use the worth that you're defining. And I think I struggle with it the most is when I'm like about to go to bed, like when I'm about to fall asleep, because that's when I'm like, damn, I'm so dang excited. You know, <laughs> so I have no advice for you there. <laughs> Somebody defined emotions as being liquid, so when you're awake and you're upright, they're kind of, you know, not in your brain. But when you lay down, it all kind of flows to your noggin, and that's like that's like when you're in bed, all that emotion, the excitement, the anger, if you had a bad day, the anxiety, all goes right into your brain because it's all liquid flowing back. I, I like that analogy because I feel like it's appropriate. I love that analogy, and I've never heard that. But, yeah. All right, so there's there's another big balance bingo item. John saying, wow, I've never heard that, <laughs> but I like that. <laughs> uh, so add that to your card. Actually, one one more thing you might not know, because I want to go, because you, you mentioned the word science, and it pinged my brain, uh, in, in terms of anticipation and kind of the brain chemicals it releases. Did you ever hear about Apple and the whole iPhone packaging thing? 
No, go ahead, lay it on me. Yeah, so iPhones ridiculously overpackaged. Anybody that owns an iPhone or really any smartphone, because they all copied this same move, they're ridiculously overpackaged. But for a reason, it's because Apple is trying to delay that gratification and build that anticipation of you actually holding that phone in your hand. So for the thirty more seconds it takes to get it there, you're super hyping yourself up, and it's a better product experience when you open it to the point where from what i understand i don't know if this is true or not but it sounds cool so i'm going to say it they calculated the resistance of the top of the box sliding off of the bottom of the box to time just right to pull that anticipation with you that's marketing baby true that's yeah if that's true that's ridiculous but either way it's a great story if you're dropping a thousand dollars on a phone, you, you better have some kind of sciency ness behind it, right? And I think an operative word there would be gratification, because that's what that's what we're looking for. That's what we're seeking. And I mentioned, you know, it keeping you up at night because you're so dang excited. But I think there's a flip side to that coin. So on the other side of the break, Brian, why don't we talk about excitement or anticipation's ugly cousin? Procrastination. I think eh, it's something that keeps me up at night. Let's just do it later. Womp. So the first half of the show, John was talking about the lighter or happier side of excitement or anticipation for things. And ever the pessimist, I'm going to tackle the other side of things, which is negative emotions. And I, I, I say negative, but and I say I'm being a pessimist, but this is really a kind of a it's, it's optimism in the sense that it's handling pessimism. Right. So that's it's a, it's a negative of a negative. So it's a positive. I think. Yeah, it counterbalances, counteracts, right? Yeah. So I I think we all tend to build up a lot of negative things in our minds a lot more than we should. Uh, When it comes to either work or home life, on one hand, maybe we think we're a bit weaker or less capable than we are at a specific task. Uh, Or on the other hand, we paint other people uh, in a negative light. Maybe they're meaner in our minds or they're more critical of us than they actually are. And in either case... For me, at least, what it comes down to is the future we paint in a very black and white sense. We recognize shades of gray in the present. We're not able to do that so well in the future. So if we, uh, we're we either really great at something or we're garbage at it or someone's either happy with us or they're about to rip our head off uh, or a, like a really simple task is either really simple or a monumental headache, right? No, absolutely. I, I do. I, I agree. And one thing that you mentioned that I, I, I'm kind of thinking through right now as you say it, but we paint people to be meaner than they are or something like that. It, this is something else we all do is you paint someone to be better at something than you are so you don't even start the task. Yeah, right? that's another like, one. It's like, well, yep, yeah, right. So, oh, my wife's so much better at that than I am. So I'm just going to leave that for her anyway. So there's so many different ways that we justify it i guess and is that what it is it's like this internal justification as to why we're not doing something i think that can definitely be a part of it and that's kind of like you're guessing a foregone conclusion but 
the yep there you go yep. yeah but it's our our brains are so good at rationalizing things that we think something's a foregone conclusion and we put so much certainty behind it when reality we're not as smart as we think we are about what's about to happen so it's never actually true well and to your point about a foregone conclusion we the conclusion that we're drawing is this negative uh, this negative result this negative reaction so back to your original point about being optimistic i don't know it's still feeling pretty pessimistic so far <laughs> yeah well i mean that's the idea here is let's recognize this procrastination for what it is so we can actually try to solve it and that's my positive right because i think the yeah, yeah the the negative where where it really becomes a negative so look we're we're all a bit apprehensive we're all a bit anxious about things there's a task coming up that we're not particularly you know enthusiastic about doing but where it becomes a self-fulfilling negative prophecy is when we let that procrastination actually result in that negative outcome, right? So I, I can give an example. I think every one of us can give examples of when we procrastinate. I'm not telling anybody anything that they don't experience themselves. But there might be a rough task at work, right? Like I had just this week, giant project land on my lap from somebody else who was exiting the company. And... The account is hairy on its best day, and there's a lot of work to do for it. So Monday morning, what's the first thing I do? I dig in there with both hands and start getting it done, right? Right. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Sorry, I, I, mean, was, I, was, I was waiting to answer that. Yeah, absolutely not. I, I did anything but focus on the one thing that was going to be the biggest pain in my butt for probably the next month, right? I'm like checking emails. I'm going over internal communications. I'm doing literally anything I can think of to avoid the task at hand. And the big question is why, right? Like it has to get done eventually. I know that, but... I also know that the outcome, even if you're the greatest job in the world, could be very painful with a particularly, uh, I'm going to say finicky client. So I procrastinated. And this of all weeks, like we talked about, not a great week because I'm going to be gone all next week with a new baby. So I know it's not going to get better while I'm out. So what was I doing wasting time during the week? I, I'm basically doing the same thing, except my timeline is like two and a half weeks yeah. instead of just a week. So I feel feel real bad about it. Yeah, and I I don't want to devolve this episode into kind of a dry how to not procrastinate. You can Google the term how to not procrastinate and get plenty of answers, right? But I, I think it's just a good topic for today because it. Yeah, I'm not doing that for you. I'm not giving you the answers there. Yeah. No, I, I think it's it's. There's plenty of ways to not procrastinate. I think at the end of the day, though, it all comes. No matter how many things you read online, tips, strategies, tricks for stopping procrastinating, it's all the same thing. It's just personal discipline and recognizing what we're talking about today. That it's probably not as negative a situation in the future as you think it's going to be. Um, and I think a lot of times. Once you actually get through that thing, you realize it's not that bad. Actually, I give an example of that too. Uh, I'm I'm not a stranger to speaking in public. I'll lead big meetings and big seminars, uh, but a lot of people I work with are very apprehensive about it. They they don't trust their public speaking abilities. They don't trust that they know the subject matter well enough. 
And the entire week leading up to something, they spend all their time fixated on this event and how much they're going to mess it up. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here, I don't even bother rehearsing or checking notes because I know it's going to go fine. Like, it, there's nothing I could do that could mess up so much that I'm going to get fired from leading a bad discussion. So it, it, that's that's the difference I'm talking about. So if you've gone through these kind of anxiety-ridden procrastination benders and you've come out on the positive side at the end, keep that in mind, right? Like recognize that you've been through negative things before. You're still here. You're still breathing. Just let it go and have the perseverance and, and personal fortitude to just plow through procrastination when it comes up. So I will counterpoint you just a little bit because there's uh, <laughs> I was having this conversation not too long ago to the benefits of procrastinating is that to your point where some folks are fixated on the more negative results or outcomes that could happen. Um, yeah, that's still always going to be there. But the argument is, is that folks who procrastinate, whereas you're spending your time slowly handling a task, dedicating the time to it, I'm spending time plotting and planning. And then when it's time to actually do it, I do it in this burst of energy that I have get it done, and it ends up being just as good, if not better. So I'm rewarded for my procrastination, so I keep doing it. So that's that's you have to be careful falling into that rut to where you say recognize the positive results that come out of it. Yeah, but it's usually in spite of your procrastination, not because of it. But there are people who will argue that, hey, you spend time thinking about it and figuring out what you're going to do that you end up with a product that's just as good, if not better. That's an interesting take. I like it. And let me counter your counterpoint, though, for just... I'm going to counter it with the most trivial example. This is crossfire, yes, Yeah, right? totally. Let me get the bow tie on. It, most trivial example I can think of, right? I, actually, a number of years ago at this point, was on crutches. Uh, I'm told it's a fairly disgusting story, so I'm not going to bring it up here. All I'll say is... Uh, Big kitchen knives do not mix with Achilles tendons, and I'll leave it at that, right? Oh, my God. You, you didn't even need to yeah. say oh, that. Oh, God, it was bad. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we, <laughs> it wasn't a fun time. Anyway, I was on crutches for quite a while because of it, and not great on crutches, tripped in my living room, fell, and put a big old divot in my drywall, right? I told you it was trivial totally trivial example that divot has been in my drywall for years now right i'm looking to sell my house move somewhere else getting a contractor out to come and fix a bunch of stuff he's gonna fix that too but why didn't i get somebody to fix it those years ago because every time i walk by that damn wall i see the divot and say i gotta fix that and i don't so i understand your point but the counterpoint to your counterpoint is even though you, you think you're only putting minimal energy towards that thing you're procrastinating on up until that burst of energy, it's still a bit of baggage in your brain. And if you're procrastinating just one thing, I guess it's not bad to have a little bit of baggage. But if you're procrastinating a number of things, you have all this stuff building up in your head. And isn't it better to, to have a free and clear mind so you can focus on just a few important things rather than lugging around all this procrastination baggage? I agree with you, and I guess it comes down to the fact that some people can live in filth and some people <laughs> like a clean room. There you go. So does that mean I win? Did I win the podcast? 
I think yeah, that's that's how that's how this show nice. works, and you now win. So actually, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> for you. we should get a voting system so listeners can vote for who wins every episode. Oh, that's stressful. I don't like that at all. Actually, never mind. <laughs> Where'd you go? Are you still there? Yeah, no, I was just putting off starting the next. Oh topic. god, uh, just felt like waiting. No, I'm sorry. We'll stop making that joke now. <laughs> Lame. I think that was a good episode. I do too. I think we should end the episode just th- with this right here, just us saying it was a good episode. <laughs> I had a great time. Pat in the back. Good job, John. I'll see you next week. No, but in all seriousness, I guess we can kind of wrap it up in one neat bow. Um, Brian and I have been putting off doing this episode for a while. I'm done. I'm done with the jokes. I'm sorry. He was tired when I did it the first time. I I regretted it immediately the first time I did it. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, folks, and we'll see you next week with a rather interesting update on our end, Brian. Indeed, John. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time.